Hello everyone. Thanks for tuning in again. You are again listening to Captain Roy's Rusty Rocket Radio Show, the UK science fiction fantasy and horror geek broadcast. This is episode 443, recorded on Monday the 6th of June 2022 at 230440. I might sound a little different tonight. I've put a tiny bit of extra distance between me and the mic, just to see how that sounds, see if that can alleviate some of those unpleasant mouth noises, and also lessen my need to do so much editing. I have been on a break for just more than a week now, The reason for that is it's been a couple of those types of weeks at Castle Royenstein. There have been a few family issues, my right ear was blocked, and I had a lot of migraines. So I took a break from podcasting and left the listeners to enjoy the latest episodes for a few days. My download count did go up, I checked. While I enjoyed annoying the medical professionals. My ear is now unblocked, which is no thanks to the NHS. Thanks to the Conservative Party and their cuts. There are a whole bunch of medical treatments that are no longer covered by the NHS, including having a blocked up ear but also skin tags, cysts. It's actually quite a long list, too much to go into here. I must say, they're probably not listening to this, because if you're listening to this, you know what I'm like. But there have been people, total imbeciles, who voted Brexit or Conservative, and this is what we've got. Yeah, I had my ears unblocked at a private place. It wasn't cheap, but it was necessary. It makes you think that if you total up all the cuts that have been to the NHS as you get older, can you imagine not being able to hear and then needing this treatment that isn't cheap and then also glasses are not cheap? And by the way, I need a new pair of glasses. Prescriptions, not particularly cheap either. Around £10 a pop. Okay. Well, this is not a show about economics or politics, so maybe I'll move on. Regarding the migraines, there was a cock-up arranging my appointment online a week ago, which meant I wasted the entire morning today, and I'm still none the wiser as to what's wrong with me. Let's move on to some actual geek news. Thank God. If I'm feeling a bit annoyed, it's not because of the content that I'm going to talk about tonight that you may have seen clues about in my Twitter feed. It's just that... I don't know. Just getting to the point where you're ready to tape on the mic isn't always as easy as it seems... There has been noise pollution lately. 
which is the last thing that anyone running a studio needs. Oh, where was I? I've strayed completely. Yeah, in actual geek news, the annual Star Wars celebration happened in Anaheim in LA. It ran from the 26th to the 29th of May. And of course I wasn't there. Of course. Money. I did watch some of it on YouTube. It was very fan y though I did like it. I'm not immune to all this stuff. I enjoyed watching Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen chat in front of an audience. I also saw on YouTube somewhere them doing a little head-to-head chat with one other interviewer in a small studio. We will be talking about Obi-Wan Kenobi a little later, so let's leave it for now. Culture, which is what this podcast is all about. Specifically, science fiction, fantasy and horror. I said in the last pod, 442, that I have started my latest rereading of The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy on Tal Day. I'm now up to Weird South End. You know, the way the buildings were going up and down, and the sea was standing still, and all that stuff. In around chapter 8, I am really enjoying reading a good old-fashioned analogue papery book with that lovely book smell. It also reminds me of my last trip to the beach, which was Southend, and where I did eat donuts, but not chips. Ah, oh, chips. Hellraiser. Hellraiser is a film I love and have talked about multiple times on this pod, as well as author Clive Barker, but the original was always a bit off-kilter with all that transatlantic nonsense, if you remember. They set the movie in a sort of no-person's-land between the UK and the US, and some of the accents were from the UK and some were from the US, and we were never quite sure where this was supposed to be. As a massive fan of the original film and Clive Barker, I managed to live with that, saying to myself that it adds to the dreamlike atmosphere of the film, which it does, but I don't think that was intentional. And it is a little strange. And we've also talked about possible remakes before. So here comes an update. Hellraiser is greenlit and will be a TV show. Because, of course, we are in an age of televisual renaissance. If anyone does not already know, hardly a spoiler warning after so many years, Hellraiser is adapted from a horror story by Clive Barker, The Hellbound Heart, about a gateway to a hell dimension that is open and the fallout that ensues. That's a very vague hint of what this is about. It's hardly spoilery at all, really. In the new show, we won't be having Bradley Walsh. He is a bit too old to be playing the iconic pinhead. I will miss him and the rest of the original and excellent cast. I am, however, ready for the new show. I've waited a long time for a lot more and a lot better Clive Barker adaptations and reboots. 
much as I hate reboots. Which also reminds me about another thing that I talk about quite a lot. Though I hate reboots, some material deserves a second chance, not just Clive Barker's. So while we're talking about reboots and remakes and things like that, let's reboot William Gibson's back catalogue that was adapted for screen quite badly. Okay, Obi-Wan Kenobi. The Star Wars spin-off settles as a Disney show and finally airs and we're up to episode 3. In Obi-Wan Kenobi, we follow Obi-Wan post-Fall of the Republic, sent by Master Yoda to the desert wastes of Tatooine to safeguard Luke and on a quest to master the ability to speak to Force ghosts like his old master, Qui-Gon Jinn. We're also introduced to new and major players, for example, the Sith-like Jedi-hunting Inquisitors, and old faces, slash masks, like Darth Vader, played by Hayden Christensen and voiced by the immortal James Earl Jones. Oh yes. There has been some kickback from online racist trolls whining about African-American actress Moses Ingram, who plays a cruel and broken inquisitor named Reva. They are wrong. She does it exceedingly well. Her portrayal is absolutely excellent. I don't know what the hell they're talking about. Well, I do know what the hell they're talking about. It's nothing to do with the acting or the writing or anything. It's to do with the fact that she's black. Targeting the trolls on Twitter, I asked for comments. Utterly predictably, no one responded. I would put this down to mine being a quite small pod and my presence on social media not that great. But I've got reactions in the past for saying much less. I think they're just cowards. Moving on from the highly enjoyable Obi-Wan Kenobi. Oh, and before I actually move on, I'll say I'm enjoying this more than how The Mandalorian ended. And I'm certainly looking forward to episode four. Let us now move on to Stranger Things. I have watched the entirety of season four. Volume 1 of Stranger Things already. I box-setted it. It was very enjoyable. This season, our young, well, not so young, <laughs> grown-up heroes now, confront a malevolent dark wizard, Vecna, further up the Upside Down's chain of diabolical command. Further up than the Demogorgon, Vecna literally appears to be pulling the strings. Though, given that we haven't had a boss fight with the Mind Flayer, the theorised top villain of the Upside Down, I'm envisioning one more season until wrap. And that has been confirmed. At least one more season. I hope it's only one more season, because the cast are too old now. This season... I found enjoyable across the board, except that I'm finding the de-aging of Eleven using digital witchcraft quite weird, 
and unsettling. Ah, oh, my favourite character in this season, and this will surprise no one, is the nerdy bad boy dungeon master of the Hellflyer D&D Club. And that is a character named Eddie Munson, played by British actor Joseph Quinn. The little Hellfire Club is so endearing and empowering, I definitely want a t-shirt. Stranger Things is one of those few shows I've enjoyed mostly all the way through, even season two. Yes, I even enjoyed season two, until that is, I read about its alleged plagiarism lawsuits. It seems strange that I didn't read about this before, but like I usually say, I stick to what the story is about rather than the business of filmmaking. Maybe I did mention this before, but I can't remember. I couldn't find anything in my show notes. I think that the show's stylistic derivation slash homage to the 80s genre, movies like E.T. and Goonies, acceptable, though occasionally it does get a little grating, which is what I found in season three. However, after learning about these lawsuits, I think that the snatching of content and effects, even if copyright doesn't protect ideas, is pretty low behaviour. So far, two content creators have sued the show, one settled, and that's all we know about that, the other's case is ongoing. As if that isn't bad enough, there's also the Duffer Brothers' apology for onset abuse. Well, they apologise, so it's not so alleged, is it? All these things make me sad. Though, are these problems going to kill the show? No. Stranger Things is a juggernaut. It is a literal Netflix money spinner. For me... As a content consumer, am I going to stand on my principles and ditch the show? No, I'm not. I've invested too much time in the story and the characters. This season, I love the D&D rock metal nerdery of the Hellfire Club that makes us geeks look cool. How can any of those words go together? <laughs> I have a Stranger Things logo t-shirt, and I now want, as I said, a Hellfire Club t-shirt. But when the show finally ends, hopefully in season five, I'm going to be looking sideways at anything the Duffers do. If you want to read more about the controversy surrounding all this stuff, I've put in some links in the show notes to both a USA Today article and an article from the Mary Sue. Moving on to the boys. I'd almost forgotten about this and then season three dropped. Well, when I say dropped, it didn't drop all in one big chunk, thank God, which we'll get on to a bit later. Season three of the boys began a few weeks ago and we pick up where we left off. Surprising absolutely no one, Homelander continues to escalate, and a very transparent conspiracy is revealed. I find it absolutely fascinating and refreshing that, as vile as Homelander is, 
he does not seem to be portrayed as having any kind of mental illness whatsoever. I appreciate that, because as someone who has suffered from anxiety and depression, the last thing we need is to just show that everyone who behaves badly must be nuts. The Boys remains topical and relevant, referencing American gun ownership. Well, not referencing, but slamming our faces into it. Islamophobia, mega corporations, that's to name but a few. The Boys is as funny and as nasty as it always was. Ant-Man did what? And the otherwise excellent Carl Urban still has an accent that stinks. I'm sorry, Carl, it really does. It really does. Getting back to what I was talking about right at the beginning of this section, forget edgelordism. The Boys has so much edge, it hurts. It's like tiptoeing barefoot across rusty razors, as well as it might, given that it's based on something that Garth Ennis has done. For the same reason, there's only so much stand-up comedy I can usually stand, unless it's from someone like Eddie Izzard, which is quite mild and pleasant. So I'm glad that they spread out the release of The Boys. It would have been tiring and wearing to box set season three of The Boys, because it is so intense. The equivalent in animation would be something like me sitting down and box setting an entire season of Rick and Morty, which is a great show, but that type of humour is so intense it can be wearing to consume something like that all in one go. Let us now move on to The Man Who Fell to Earth. This is a show starring Chiwetel Ejiofor, and is a sequel on TV to the 1976 movie. It premiered on Showtime on the 24th of April 2022. I have talked about how much I love the 1976 film based on the 1963 novel of the same name by Walter Tevis many times on this podcast. So this show has a lot to live up to. In it, Chiwetel Ejiofor plays an alien, assuming the name Faraday, from the planet Anthea, who arrives on Earth. Like his predecessor, Thomas Jerome Newton, played by David Bowie, he is on a mission to save his home world. When I heard that this was going to be made, I was hoping that the sequel would not try to copy the iconic style of the 1976 film, which was due largely to Nick Craig's fabulous cinematographer, Anthony Barry Richmond. In any case, the mid-1970s movie had a very distinctive look of its time that I feel is unreplicatable. But, oh god, that is exactly what they tried to do. They tried to do it with the fonts, the light, 
the dust, even some of the scenes. I did not appreciate it, and I thought it was a rather shallow thing to attempt. That's the look, let us move on to the acting, which wasn't great. There was uncharacteristic ham from the mostly brilliant Chiwetel Ejiofor, who I've raved about many times on this podcast. The renowned actor plays the alien like Robin Williams Mort from Mork and Mindy, the sitcom, if you remember that, back in the early 80s. He is stumbling, wide-eyed. The only thing he's missing from playing a cliched alien is beep-beep noises, and I wouldn't put it past them to actually introduce those at some stage, maybe for irony. I must say at this point that I've seen the first five episodes and I intend to not see any more. Ah, It does make you wonder, though, how it is possible that ex-rock star David Bowie could outperform an experienced and respected thespian like Chiwetel Ejiofor. Let's turn to one of the other stars, another Brit, Naomi Harris, who is actually not bad in the role that has been made for her in this show. The third actor, another Brit, (laughs) there's a lot of British actors around in Hollywood at the moment, is Bill Nye, the usually excellent character actor, plays himself. He's not actually playing an aged version of Thomas Jerome Newton, he is just playing Bill Nye. I can only theorise that the crap acting was a silent protest when some of the Brit contingent read the script and realised the garbage they had signed up for. Breaking in here a day later, editing this, just to add something that I read, it is unfortunate that those acting decisions that Chiwetel Ejiofor made were actually his own creative choice. That's why I've read anyway. Now, let us talk about racism. There is a way to do racism in science fiction. Twelve Years a Slave, Ejiofor, unsurprisingly, has the chops, and the topic was handled well in science fiction remake Z for Zachariah. In this new TV series, first, get this everyone, Anthea is a planet of white adepts and drones like the black Faraday, apparently. If you didn't get the allegory, Bill Nye's Newton laughingly relates to us the irony of this by saying the word that describes Ejiofor's Faraday on Earth begins with N. Seriously? Really, that's where they're going to go? This miserable script is unsubtle, pestilential, sputum, as a meditation on race. It is actually worse than Robert Heinlein's notorious Farnham's Freehold. It is, therefore, highly unfortunate that I'm left with the impression that creators Alex Kurtzman and Jenny Lume are literally tone-deaf and simply went for a box-ticking exercise in relevancy about things they 
either genuinely don't care about or don't understand. Things like tech billionaires, environment, racism especially. Ham-fistedly, they also box ticked fan service by slapping a few callbacks to the original, like the pawn shop scene. They even threw in a few Bowieisms. For example, Bill Nye saying, Wake up, you sleepyhead. There's a lot of these little snippets of Bowie lyrics, so gird your loins. And I'm saying this as a David Bowie fan. It was grating and vulgar. To say I feel let down in the extreme is actually an understatement, but you know what? This will soon be dead and buried and vanish without a trace. We'll still have the excellent 1963 novel and the 1976 film. As for Alex Kurtzman, I'm not a hater, not even of Star Trek Into Darkness, but I also won't forget that he made this drivel. And now, a deep breath, and that is it. I'm finished. And just because I didn't like it, unlike those toxic racist trolls whining about Obi-Wan Kenobi, I'm not going to stalk or victimise people on social media. Oh, and by the way, just tangentially, there was also an ABC television film made in 1987. It was made as a pilot for an uncommissioned TV series that I haven't seen, but I do know that Will Wheaton was in it. Oh man, Will, you need to pick your stuff more wisely. Ah, oh, what a show, what a show. So much for positivity. Though this hasn't been the most positive of weeks. But now the show is over, and when it's over, I'm going to go to bed with The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy and tune out the rest of the universe. Ah, as I said before, the smell of book. Other than that, not much to report other than I've decided to turn my online text-based game, if you remember that, a dark fantasy game called Rider in the Mist, into a Dungeons and Dragons campaign. That is it. That is my rundown for the geek of the week that I have consumed. Seems like quite a lot. And now I'm really tired. Maybe we should end this. And just on cue, there's a train in the background. Oh my god. And also, if you've been looking at my Twitter feed, you'll notice how annoyed I am about noises, both inside and outside the house, when I'm trying to do this podcast. Over the last weekend, there were street racers swerving down the road at 5 billion miles an hour with their stupid noisy exhaust pipes. Oh, you know, if you have a studio, like I said at the top of the show, you'll understand how unbelievably obnoxious that can be. Enough meldering up the place. The show that you just listened to is made by me, Roy Matur, a writer. Matur is spelled M-A-T-H-U-R. You can find more about me or get in touch at RoyMatur.com. If you want to help, please review and rate the show on whatever platform you listen, recommend it to a friend or mortal enemy, or click on the contact or support link on the website. 
And now I say goodnight. Thanks for tuning in. You were listening to Captain Roy's Rusty Rocket Radio Show, the splendid UK science fiction, fantasy and horror geek broadcast. This was episode 443, recorded on Monday the 6th of June 2022. And the time at the end of the show is 23.41.20. Thanks for listening, and bye-bye for now. Bye. Which was due largely to to Nick Roeg's fabulous scimitar. Due largely to Nick Roeg's fabulous scimitar. Cinematographer. <laughs>